0: Hello, and welcome to Mastermind Mastery, the podcast for professionals who want to create and run successful peer advisory councils, or as we call them PACs for short, or they're also known as peer groups or business mastermind groups. I'm your host, Tina Corner Stoltz, founder of LX Council, where I've been in the industry running groups since 2005, and now help those like you with education, certification, and support wanting to do the same. At one time, I ran 10 groups, nearly 100 members, and sold my groups for a good multiple and recently released my second book, Your Seat at the Table, How to Create and Run Your Own Peer Advisory Councils, published by Forbes and grateful to you that it's an Amazon bestseller. I invite you to join each week where we share strategies and techniques to successfully launch and become a master of running your packs. You'll hear insights, perspectives, do's and don'ts, learn from my and my guests' mistakes, successes, and get the inside track to key takeaways. Each time we have a guest, we'll be having a bit of fun. So are you ready? Let's get going and dive into today's episode. So hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Mastermind Mastery. I'm Tina korner your host, and I am excited about today's guest, Bob Halpern. And as we start, you know, I asked Bob a question in regards to a song that was meaningful for him. And also, particularly as I understand now, it's meaningful for this topic we're going to talk about today, which is assessing peer group health. And I'm very excited about this topic. I'm excited to have Bob on because Bob has a wealth of experience. We're going to get in that in a minute. But Bob, tell us about your song and why is it important?
1: Well, the song I always think about when I think about peer support groups or forms is Bridge Over Troubled Waters by Simon and Garfunkel. And I won't read all the lyrics to you, but if you look at that song, it's a perfect way or metaphor to think about what a form or peer support group can be. And that is, it can be when it works, when it's healthy, when it's fulfilling its mission, it is a bridge over troubled waters for all the members. And uh, it's one way to judge form health is, is your form, is your peer support group serving as a bridge over troubled waters for you? So that's why I think that song is very appropriate to the topic.
0: That is great. It is appropriate, so appropriate. And for the experience, right, that that any member has in their group, right? It is forms as a bridge to all their troubled waters. So Bob and I originally got connected because of an article he wrote in Harvard Business Review about peer groups, of which the link to that will be in the show notes today. So you guys can also see that. Um, And But Bob has so much experience in moderating even. So let me just list off a little bit about his background. So you know that in today's discussion, he has a wealth of experience behind him to talk about this topic. But he's on the academic board chairman of the Meredith Institute of Management. He also is a certified forum facilitator for YPO. He also um, is a research affiliate at MIT Center of Collective Intelligence. He's president, and co-founder of Alum Forum Services, which is what we'll hear a lot about today, and even moderator of Harvard Business School Publishing. And a U.S. fellow of um, Eisenhower Fellowships. So a big mouthful, but a lot, which is excellent. So today's topic, the whole assessing peer group health. Let's get started, um, Bob, by helping all of our listeners understand first about group health. What does that mean? And then we'll get into like what to do with how to assess it.
1: Sure. Well, Group health for a peer support group or forum fundamentally, foundationally is about take-home value. That is that the members feel that every meeting they go to, that it meets their needs. It helps them to go back to the song, it helps them get over troubled waters as well as help them, helps them live up to their highest aspirations. So that's the core dimension, but there are many sub-dimensions that we'll get into as we talk about measuring it. We talk about the openness of the members, the trust, Mm -hmm. uh, whether this feels like the right peer group for me, whether it has good peer quality, and a number of other features that we'll talk about in more detail. But those are the headlines that I think about when I think about group health. Uh, Maybe I'll just say one more thing here, which is members vote with their feet. So if they're showing up reliably, they are investing their most precious asset of all, which is their time, uh, in the group. And if they keep showing up month after month, year after year, then that's a good physical indication of it value is. and of health.
0: Absolutely, you're that's so true. Um, and you know, one thing about the whole group health to to your point, and you talk about forums. And just for our audience, is the word forum peer group, peer council group, et cetera, all the same, right? We're all, that's what we're talking about.
1: Absolutely. They are all in the same category. There are, those of us who are experts, those of us who study and lead these, there are nuances, there are variations, uh, but yes, they're all essentially the same thing. Mm
0: -hmm. So group health, and one of the things that you have done is create a survey, And so tell us a little bit about the survey. How did this come about in regards to you finding this was a good way to assess group health?
1: Well, you may know the line, what gets measured gets accomplished. And so I think that measuring group health, which is in its essence, a kind of a qualitative subjective thing, it's not an easy thing to do, but it Mm -hmm. is important for a group its leader, and its members to understand how are we doing? How can we do better? There should always be a spirit of continuous improvement. And uh, even even not necessarily at every meeting, but on a regular basis, what went well today? What would we maybe change in the future? And you can ask that if you're a leader, you can ask it as a member. And so a survey which includes both quantitative questions and qualitative questions is a good way to get at that, and to do that on a regular basis, I would say once a year. Uh, it could be done more often; it could be done, <laughs> excuse me, as needed. But mm-hmm. once a year uh, is a good base baseline for uh, assessing form or peer support group health.
0: Right, and this makes me think of two things. Number one is you talk about annual. So the first question I have is when is it? kind of do you think appropriate like how soon can you do a health survey or when is it too soon to do it or is the person that's running the group it needs to use their intuition to know like like when do I know like you know what I better do this survey
1: well I would say all of the above to to your question it's possible to do it at any time in fact i like to be proactive i like to get ahead for groups that i'm leading or responsible for or supporting i don't want to wait till there's a crisis and okay now we're going to come in and do the you know somebody's about right. to leave or a number of members have left or people are complaining about the value proposition uh so i like to do it uh, that's why i suggest on a regular basis but certainly if if there are indications of poor health Members leaving, members not showing up, members coming late, members saying they're not going to renew their membership if there's a fee involved on an annual basis. All of those could be reasons to uh, to do the survey. But but just having your fingers on the pulse of, of how the group is doing. If you're a leader, and I know many of the people listening to this podcast are people who lead these groups, mm-hmm. if you don't know how you're doing, you're flying blind, and and that's mm-hmm. why these surveys are so so important. uh the survey is not the whole answer, it gives you a snapshot, it gives you a point in time, it gives you what people are willing to write in a survey monkey or google form or whatever mm-hmm. technical mechanism you're using. it doesn't give you all the nuance and and so often i suggest to people who are leading groups that in addition to the survey to talk to the members, that's when you hear about as I say, the nuances, the things that are really either great or problematic or, gee, this other member is is decreasing the value for me because of the way we part uh, because of the way they participate. They may not want to put that on a written survey, but they might say it to you uh, in person or on, on a Zoom call. Uh, so the combination of the physical or the automated survey plus some conversations where you're listening not only for the words but the tone and the emotional weight of of what the members are saying about the the health and the value. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, this brings up a point cuz I can imagine some people might be thinking, well I'll just ask them. I'll just ask either one-on-one or I'll just kind of ask in the meeting generally speaking or something. I think there's a big difference between when there's something more formal, right? Like a survey versus the casualness that you that can come across if I'm just kind of asking, right? How are how are things going? So what are your thoughts about that? Like the the benefit of actually having this formal in way survey.
1: Well, the formal survey, several things. First of all, the expectation w- will be that everybody will participate. It's it's essentially required you might have to send one or two reminders that's that's not because they're not interested but because people are busy and and that's okay uh but asking just shows you value their input if you're if you're leading one of these groups uh it it gives you a standard set of data from each person so whereas right. if you do it just informally or in the group or even one on one You're inevitably going to ask slightly different questions and have slightly different conversations, go down different pathways with different people. This survey, my example survey, and I have many variations. I'm going to share one variation, has just eight core questions, eight. Uh, quantitative questions and three qualitative questions. There are many, many other questions and many other variations, but that's a very right. good start. At, at, I, I call it a baseline. Just here, here's where we are. And then you can build on that to then have one-on-one conversations, to have a group conversation. All of those are appropriate follow-ups. And then the most important follow-up is to take action based on the results of the survey. It's not just an academic exercise. You're looking at uh, for example, if, if if people are downrating attendance, their their value is decreased because too many other people are missing meetings. There are some actions that can be taken about that uh, right. on that line. And we, we could talk about each of these areas separately, but, but that's the point is to take action and, and to, again, be in that spirit of continual improvement. Mm-hmm.
0: And really, those questions, when we talk about peer group health, I really want to distinguish is it's really about the group. Right. The whole concept of what you're gauging is is that particular member's experience with the the group, their group experience. Right. Versus what I'm getting at is, is that there's also right about the leader and how they're doing. Right. And running the meeting,
1: which is. Well, but that's one of my questions, actually. One of my eight questions is about leadership Um, on the bottom end of the spectrum. I find the moderator, leader, facilitator, whatever term the particular group uses, to be not effective in leading the forum. That's the bottom. The top, I find the moderator to be effective. And then it's on a can be on a 5, 7, or 10-point scale. But are you at a one, like this person really is not doing a good job, or 10, th- they really are nailing it. So yes. you're, that is a key question that contributes to overall forum health. Absolutely.
0: Yes. So let's talk a little bit about how to execute on it. So, what are your thoughts about what you've seen works really well on how to give the survey? You know, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about what do you do with the results and how to how to compile that and do something with them. But um, what do you what have you found on the, the right way or the the best practice, et cetera, to execute?
1: Sure. Or
0: some do's and don'ts so, around. around yeah, absolutely.
1: that? absolutely. Uh, there's uh, there's how to do it, when to do it. Uh, first of all, I think it's important to get the agreement of the group if you're the leader, I, I as the leader, speaking as the leader, I'm saying, I think this could be helpful for our wait, group, wait. for all of us. And and so everybody's buying in. Yes, I'm willing to take five, 10 minutes to fill out the survey. You don't want to just send it over the transom and well, why is this, is there something wrong? Am I, why am I being asked to do this? So certainly right. asking um, that when to do it, you were getting it before. Do you want to do it after one meeting, after two meetings, after six meetings? Uh, I typically would not do a survey, a standard general form health survey until the group had been meeting for at least six months. I think you need to establish a certain rhythm, norms, protocols, process. This is what the agenda looks like. This is how we're participating. So I think typically I'd wait six months. There could be a different kind of survey that we're not talking about here today. At the end of every meeting, you could do a pulse check. You could do a quick you know, thumbs up, thumbs down or give it, you know, one, two or three, you know, just and and there's a classic facilitator tool or, or agenda item plus Delta. What went well today? What could have been better? That's just a quick on that meeting. I don't think you need to do that at every meeting either. People, I, I like to say people don't come to their peer support group to talk about process, structure, norms, you <laughs> no. know, forum health. They come for the substantive value. So, you, you don't want to overwhelm people with this, but in six months and certainly after a year, it's it's a reasonable checkpoint and it's a good mm-hmm. checkpoint. And if you're not doing it, and again, I would say you're flying blind.
0: Right, right. Because you don't, you can't, you cannot assume you know what's going on in everybody's head.
1: That's right. right. That's and right.
0: and what they believe their role, the experiences that they're getting from it. And
1: and, there's another key. If, excuse me, if I yeah. can just say, Tina. There's another critical point to a standard survey. Usually, these are done anonymously. That is, the members of the group right. are not identified as to who's responding. It could be done with names uh, if you have a group that is being professionally led, and the the uh, person who's leading the group says, "I will keep confidential at the individual responses," um, and then you could ask for people's names. And that, of course, could be helpful because knowing how different people feel and the interaction of different. Peoples that, that could be helpful. But what I usually say when I do a survey for a group uh where I am collecting the names, or when I'm doing, say, one on one. Sometimes I'll do one-on-one interviews uh as, a, as opposed to yes. this formal survey. I will tell the people I speak to in the group, this is confidential. What you share with me is just going to me. I will take the collective aggregated results and and give feedback to the group on, on how it could be improved or how the leadership could, could be changed, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But I won't be sharing your individual feedback with, without your permission. If you were, I might say, wow, that's something I'd really like to be able to share, and but only with permission.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you ever um, had anyone take time in the actual meeting for the group to do the surveys? You don't necessarily review it then but take time during the meeting versus... No, actually,
1: we're so accustomed nowadays to doing electronic surveys, which of course you could do that in the meeting as well because people on their phone could could do Uh the survey, right? The advantage of that is clearly you have a captive audience. Everybody's sitting there. I'm ending our regular agenda 10 minutes early so we can take a few minutes so everybody can just do the survey right now. Of course, you could do it on paper as well, uh, in the meeting. And that's, that, that could be a very efficient way. If you have eight, 10, 12 people, it's not so many people that you can't just tally it, um, you know, in the old right. fashioned way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that would be fine. So yeah, doing it in the meeting is, is actually a good idea as a way that way it's, it's done. Nobody has to take additional time and, and you have it right mm-hmm. away. Uh, mm-hmm. you could even, again, usually I like to have time to process and look at the results before just launching into a conversation, but, but it could Mm -hmm. be, you could take a 10 minute break. The moderator could then play back. Oh, here's what I've heard. And let's now have an open conversation about, about how we're Mm -hmm. doing. One of the things you'll see in the uh, Harvard business review article that I, that I published is there's a chart in there, uh, which is another variation of a form health survey. It's just a little table that says how effective is your form? So, you could have a. You could either have the actual survey, or you could just use that table, which I've suggested to a number of people. Just use that table. Ask everybody to look at uh, those things: purpose and content, membership group norms, management, technology. How are we doing on all those dimensions? And you can have a great conversation. And, and maybe you don't need to do a formal survey. Again, right. you have to look at the the nuances of the particular group and how how they're doing.
0: Yeah, it's a, if I can share
1: just one more thing, uh, Tina, on this. I've over the years in 15 or more years of of running these forms, I've come up with my own informal five-point rating system for for these forms and peer support groups. Okay. Let me just tell you that this is and anybody, the leader or any member could just do a this is a gut check. It's not a (laughs) right. Five is high, one is low. Five is transformational. This is like incredibly powerful for for me. This is how I'm rating, or I I could rate the whole group uh, this way. Four is strong um, or even very strong. Three is good. Two is having issues uh, that really need to be addressed so it's fair. And one is poor. This thing is about to either blow up or fall apart, dissolve. Uh, and I have my own info for the many forums I've supported. I-, I have my own informal one, two, three, four, five. And, and I give groups 2.5 or 3.5. Yes. Uh, but that's a very quick, That that's not a fancy. It's just based on a lot of, if- for those of your listeners who've been running groups for years, I'm sure they have their own similar system of saying this group is you know, is a 4.5 and this one is a 2.5 and I really need to work on it or we need to work on it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's just another, that's the quick, quick and dirty version of, of, of mm-hmm. the survey.
0: No. And I love the five different words that you use because it helps people. And when you have a scale of one to 10, as an example, if you're not yeah. really clear about what's a seven, what's an eight, somebody's seven may be the equivalent of somebody else's five. But yep. if you don't know that, then you're thinking the five is worse than a seven, and they're actually on the same page,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And Ten so, point scales are a little probably too much. Uh, people can't actually grade and differentiate between a six and an eight very well. Correct. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. But giving guidance on whatever scale you use is a good rule of thumb, so people understand kind of where where they're ranking you know what that definition is because everybody's definition is right. a little different it, which absolutely brings me to probably to like the last piece of this conversation is now you have the results and so so what have you seen is the best thing to do with that and yeah. and specifically when you have like some challenging news because i know for sometimes you know those of us running groups doing this kind of a survey can be, can give um, the leader a bit of um, anxiety because it's like, you know what, I'm going to maybe find out something I don't want to know. And I have to, I'd rather, I'd rather be, you know, unconsciously unaware. Yeah. Ignorant. Right. But um, there's tons of value of why you don't want to go that route. So, so here come the results in. So now what, Bob?
1: Yeah. So as I said, if you're not taking action on it, you might as well not have bothered to do it in the first place. Mm-hmm.
0: So, And it'll make everybody upset because they're like, why did I do this? Why did I take time to do well, this? Well, yeah, if, not-
1: if you do it and then people don't see any action. So the first thing, of course, is to report back to the group the mm-hmm. summary of how we're doing, right? The uh, quantitative assessment of these eight questions or whichever questions you choose to use uh, to report back to the group to uh, then have a conversation about those areas that uh, are particularly strong. Like, wh- wow, what, this we've had really good attendance in our group. This has been terrific. It seems like that's a key indicator of, of forum health and value. Uh, on the other hand, um, people are complaining. I'm just using this as an example. One of the typical things of these peer support group meetings are some kind of monthly update where every member is going to have a chance to go around. And and if you just look at the language I use here, uh, on the low end, updates are rambling, unfocused, or superficial. That's on the bottom. At the high end, updates are timed, deep, and generate a rich parking lot for discussion. So this, let's have a conversation about how we're managing it. Maybe I need some feedback from the group. Maybe we need to manage this a little more tightly. Maybe we each need to pay attention and focus on respecting the timekeeping that we're we're doing. So we're having a conversation about this. the um another thing that may come up as an action item is most of these groups have some set of norms or constitution principles. There are different words that different groups use right.
0: guidelines,
1: guidelines, yeah. all, all of these yeah. things. Sometimes the survey suggests that we need to revisit those norms or guidelines and reinforce what we said at the beginning we were going to do, how we are going to operate. So, a norms review. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another thing that is sometimes necessary is that there needs to be a clearing of the air between the leader and, and one or more members or between individual members, member A and member B, for example. And there is a whole process. This would be a whole separate podcast to talk about the clearing the air process. But there is a very well-developed uh, set of processes and guidelines for how to do that. And the mm-hmm. moderator facilitator can play a key role in member A and member B clearing the air uh, one of the things I say, in fact, this is something else we should include in the show notes is I, I did i um, uh, I've done a blog for many years and I did one on top tips for moderators or facilitators. And one of my points in that in that, I think, seven or eight points is clear the air early and often. So if something is coming up, don't let it fester. Don't let it deal with it. You got to deal with it. Uh-huh. So. Right. And if you're a leader that
0: doesn't like conflict, that's really hard. It is very hard. Yes. It is hard. Yeah. Very hard. Uh,
1: And yet it's essential. And having a process for doing it makes it easier because we just have this is how Mm -hmm. we've all agreed we're going to do it. It's not personal. Mm -hmm. It's not personal. It always starts by affirming the value of the relationship. Mm -hmm. So if Tina, I was clearing the air with you, I would start by affirming the relationship. Before I start criticizing or sharing my facts or feelings Mm -hmm. or my story, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, Because I only clear the air with people I care about. And if I'm in a peer group with you, I care about you. That's why we're Mm -hmm. here together.
0: Right. Right. Good point. And you're right. That's a whole episode in itself. Yeah. (laughs) So, Bobby, as we come up on our time, you know, we've talked about like the why to do this, the when, the how, the importance of it. You know, now, you know, you have to give everybody, you know, uh, the feedback from all the input, you reward good behavior by saying, we're doing great over here. We got to keep that up. You know, here's areas of opportunity. So of all of this that we talked about today, and just in your whole experience of moderating and, and the peer group concept, what would be the one takeaway you would love the listeners to be sure they grasp if you were to share? What would be the one takeaway yeah. you want them to, to come away with?
1: I'll leave you with one takeaway, and that is that everyone in the group, the leader and the individual members, everyone is responsible for the health and success of the group. It it's never sits only with the leader uh, or with one or more members. It's everybody contributing. We all lean in to make this valuable for all of us so that we have individual value and group value. And And so, if I can just summarize in three words, everyone is responsible for forming
0: I love that because that is so true. It's not just the leader, it's everyone in the group, right?
1: Because exactly. the group is
0: only as good as everybody together, right? The, you know yeah. the,
1: the story about the the chain and the weakest link, right? So we need Definitely. we need to be we need to be a strong link. We need to be us uh, to go back. <laughs> excuse me, back to the song. We started with building that bridge over the troubled waters. We all have troubled waters. We all have difficulties and challenges, regrets and dilemmas. Building that strong bridge, the peer support group as a strong bridge. Each of us are key elements of that bridge.
0: Yes. Excellent. So, Bob, thank you so much for being a guest today. Sharing, um, first of all, your health survey, which will be in the show notes for a link, the article, which is a great read. I encourage everybody also to read the article. And um, and and if you are doing groups and you haven't done a survey, do one soon, right? Get on it, do it, just do it. And you'll be so grateful because it will just increase retention and the member experience, but also give you some peace of mind at the same time. And um, so with that, a great takeaway. And again, thanks for Bob for being our guest today on the whole importance behind doing a group health survey. And uh, until next time, everyone, um, make it happen. Thank hey, you. moderators of groups. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. To get access to today's show notes and exclusive content and resources, visit com backslash podcast or lxcouncil.com where you can also become part of an exclusive online community, attend our academy, or get free resources, templates, checklists, and more. And you can even contact me there as well. So if this episode resonated with you and you know someone who can also benefit from listening, please share with them by taking a screenshot and even posting on your social media. I also love reviews and appreciate hearing from each of you those actually doing this wonderful work. Please tune in next week for another episode of Mastermind Mastery. And I'll close by sharing something my mentor did after every learning moment. He shared a shiny pebble from his pocket with anyone he passed knowledge to and asked them to forward that pebble knowledge on. So now I encourage you to go pass on a pebble. The takeaways you learned today to either your existing groups or fellow peers. Now, go make it a great one.